This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. We kick things off, as always, on Friday night at 7 o'clock. It's Carmen DeFalco and Mike North, and we are the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. We got Week 7 in the NFL. Lots of good college games, including the return of the Big Ten. Illinois and Wisconsin just getting underway. Northwestern this weekend. Michigan and Minnesota. So much to talk about. World Series. Oh, my goodness, Mike. We're going to have a lot of fun. And nice weekend by you, my man, last week in the best plays. Good work. Yeah. You know what? It was good. And uh, I got really I gave out and I want everybody to watch Twitter because I, I tagged Carmen a few times last week uh, with games. I took Memphis. Uh, which yep. we didn't take on the show. I took another game, and then I went to the World Gambling Association board for the first time this year. <laughs> I do. Do I get any credit? Do the odds couple get any credit? They said we'll only give you credit for one. Well, I was three and one on Twitter, so I'll take the one win for us, which combines us. But you know what? Three and one on the year uh, is what I want to do. I had to switch up. I've been going more college. Now we got the Big Ten. I'm going to have a Big Ten. I have a Big Ten game up already. I yes. it on you. And you know what? That's it's just worrisome to me because they haven't played uh, and we've had samplings from the conferences and from the National Football League already. Yeah, it's interesting Like, and you mentioned that earlier when you joined Yerk and me. Mike mm. comes on every uh, Friday 11.45 for the bonus play and oh. you had mentioned that and it's a good it's a good talking point. Like, what do we really expect for this first weekend as they roll it out? Uh, I thought your points on Michigan and you gave out Michigan right. were solid. I mean, it, it seems that to me and I told Cap and Hoodie this earlier when I joined them earlier in the day that mm-hmm. Harbaugh struggles more, Mike, when it's the games against Penn State, when it's against Ohio State. Right. right. You know, this is the spot normally where people think, um, oh, they're going to have a big letdown and Minnesota was really good against the spread late last year. Take the Gophers. This is normally the spot where he does better. There's a lot of uncertainty about his quarterback, and certainly the Gophers have the more experienced quarterback, but I- I'm with you. I think Harbaugh and the Wolverines go in there and get it done this Well, week. you know what? I was very surprised when what happens is when I do my evaluation, I was surprised that Michigan came up because I sort of liked Minnesota before. What I do is I put in my head who do I like before I put everything together. Yeah. And then once I put everything together, just like with Arkansas, I was terrified last mm-hmm. week. They barely won, and they had six turnovers. I they know. got six turnovers. So, so I don't want Arkansas. Like I explained, when I lose, it's the system. When I win, it's the system. But I was surprised to see Minnesota at home, both teams clean, coming off playing their first game with Harbaugh, who usually, you know, he's dicey. But you're right. You brought up a good point. People think he's dicey, but he's only dicey against Pretty good team. Right, he hasn't yes. proven that yet. And I just think that he'll come in to Minnesota and he'll surprise them because their offense needs some work. Their quarterback needs some work. But they have a very, very good defense. And what yes. else is new? You yeah, know, exactly. That's very true. Yeah. So we got the return of the Big Ten. Should be fun. We'll talk a lot of college. We got a bunch of stuff to work through here in the NFL. 
uh, with Week Seven underway last night with uh, what you know was certainly a dog on paper, but it turned out oh. to still be a fun game. I mean, it was a game that went down to the end, the dumpster fire that is the NFC East. The Eagles, I think, are going to win that division, especially considering what's happened in Dallas. Uh, they needed that win last night, but uh, it, it's every once in a while, like every four or five years, it seems like, Mike, this kind of happens where you get a division in football that's just putrid. And people want to change the rules and, oh, you can't allow a team from that division to go to the playoffs. They're never going to do that. You're still going to get a playoff berth from each division, I think. It's like every five years or so we see this and we're experiencing it now and living it now with the NFC East. It is hot trash. Let me tell you something. When I was a kid, we got jumped by a street gang. I think it's familiar out there to everybody out there, the Latin Kings. I ran down the middle of the street, and I ran 80 yards, and I ran faster than I thought, and I was not going to fall. You didn't trip. I did not trip because if I tripped, I knew what was going to happen. I don't understand. You're supposed to be this great athlete. You're supposed to be at the top of the heap. You're like, you know, the guy that Frank Sinatra sings about, top of the heap, New York, New York. No, bottom of the heap. You fell into the garbage pile. Embarrassing play for him, but they ended up scoring anyway. Right. Uh, it is a garbage division. That's why my only loss last week, folks, 5-1 and one total with the Twitter and everything else. Wow. My only loss, Chico Rivera, what are you doing? Yeah. I had the I had the over. Okay, forty two and a half. Mm. Okay. Oh, he and goes they, he for went two. for the, he went for two. <laughs> Why? Why in that division? Why would you and this hey, I know Chico, I love Chico. Love him. I would I worked with with, with Ronnie for on the air for years. He'd substitute at the place I was at and everything else. But I would argue with him, what are you doing? That division you're like, if you win that game, you're like in first place. Practically. You're a half game out. Right? And you're not playing. You're not playing the Bucks. You're not playing a, a stud team. You're you're playing the Giants. You go into overtime with a team like that. They would have won. They would have been two and four. Absolutely, they and they'd be tied. But I, you know, I think a lot of coaches these days are not even wanting to take the chance. I guess with overtime, if they can't touch the against ball against the Giants. Look, the, who did it? Um, it was the same kind, the same type of scenario, sort of played out in the Texans Titans game, where Romeo Cornell went to try to go up nine oh, instead yeah. of going up eight. And I'm, when I think of of, of brains in yeah. coaching, I think of Romeo. Poor Cornell. Romeo. Great coordinator. I don't know about a great coach. And does know the side menu at Applebee's, no doubt. Um, I think he probably does. Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. my friend. Right about that. I but, love the broccoli bites until they got rid of yeah, They had a seven-point lead late. He went for two. They didn't get it. So then mm-hmm. it was still seven. The Titans came down, scored the tying touchdown, and then sure enough, they won the coin toss, and they never relinquished the ball. They went down, they scored a touchdown, game over. Titans remain undefeated. I see people passing up field goals now, and then at the end they go, boy, if they would have only kicked that field goal in the first quarter. They're well, definitely they more aggressive. To... Definitely more aggressive. You can, yeah, and it can hurt you, but it also has won games for people. It just seems to me the teams that can get the twos and that get the, get the field goals when they need them, they're, they're the good teams. Yeah. They're the real good teams. So, you know, the ones that go for it on fourth and two and end up making it. Mike, what do we think about Bears on Monday night to wrap week seven at the Rams? Third straight year they're going to be playing. The first two have been uh, taffy pulls, to say the least. Defensive struggles. Uh, the quarterbacks in both those games absolutely stunk. Trubisky won't play, obviously. Foles will. But as bad as Trubisky was, Goff might have been worse in the two games, even though they've split the last two years. Zero touchdowns, five interceptions, mm-hmm. a completion percentage of about 50%, and a 33.9 quarterback rating for Jared Goff in two career starts against the Bears. The Bears' D has dominated him, and the Bears are getting six on Monday night. Yeah, they're getting six. Now, here, the model I have has the Bears losing. Has them running, finally, finally running out the clock. I mean, you know, they got to score. 
They got to figure out a way to score. I know. Because I saw something that was revealing today, and I hope all you Mitch Trubisky fans, because, you know, we're, there's still fans out there of Mitch. They don't want him to fail. They want him to do well. But they put up comparison to him and Baker Mayfield in the pros. There's no comparison, folks. His number's Baker? a lot better than Baker. Oh, my God. I still All the way I, around. I'm not convinced on Baker yet either. I got to be No, honest. I got to be honest with you. One, way, one week you're going, I want this guy for 10 years. Yeah. And then the next week you're going, I want this guy for 10 seconds. Uh, right, exactly. You know, he just goes up and down. But on Twitter, if you check it out, and I retweeted it north to north, mm-hmm. Trubisky after 40, 40-some games, there's no comparison. <laughs> I mean, Mayfield's like a child. Touchdowns and everything else. That's why I'm telling people it's good to have two quarterbacks. It's good that Mitch is watching because you never know what's going to happen. And we need more out of Nick Foles, especially this week if we're going to end up beating the Rams. Yeah, that offense has to get going at some point. I agree. I mean, it's just still the, the, by the, the way, numbers are brutal. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, I coached basketball, but I love football and I know the game. I, 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 I dissected a running play that Montgomery should have had 25 yards on, but he decided to go through the wrong hole. Mm. So I want everybody to understand the offensive line needs work, but our running back needs to know how to run the football and at which lanes to go to. Got to hit the hole. Yurko does say that sometimes with him. There's too much uh, stutter. Too much stu- uh, jitterbugging. Yeah, too much jitterbugging. Yep. Too much stutter step. Sometimes there was only hit the one guy goal. that could stutter was Mel Tillis, baby, mm. and he could sing. Uh, you mentioned Baker. You know, So the mm-hmm. Browns will try to bounce back this week. They'll go to the Bengals. Now, there are a bunch of home dogs this week, Mike. Home dogs have actually uh, fared pretty well. Six home underdogs this week. Washington's a pick them right now. Who knows? That might end up being another home dog. Uh, If we throw out the Jets and the Giants, and why not? Because they're awful. The home dogs so far this year. The Jets, they can't give them enough points. They're giving them 13 now. They haven't covered a spread yet, right? I don't think they've covered a spread yet. They haven't covered the spread, and I thank the Lord it didn't come up on my my model. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God they've cost me three games this year. The home dogs this year are uh, 14 and 11 against the spread if we throw out the putrid mm-hmm. Jets and Giants. So let's do that. So they've done pretty well. Teams uh, also that are uh, uh, an underdog of a field goal or less have done well. They've actually won 12 games uh, against the spread. They've won 11 straight up. So I'm looking at Browns-Bengals, and I love usually betting intra-division home dogs. Those numbers have been good this year. But I think the Browns bounce back. If there's one thing that Baker can do well – uh, it, it's dissect the defense when there's not a lot of pressure. When he's pressured, they're in trouble. And they played the Steelers last week, and nobody blitzes more and nobody pressures the quarterback more than the Steelers. Well, the Bengals don't do either very well. They're one of the worst in right. the league. Do you think the Browns bounce back and win on the road and cover at Cincinnati I would this lead, weekend? I would leave the Browns. I would, it too. It seems to be like I was saying earlier to you with this Mayfield, maybe with the team, you know, up and down, up and down, the roller coaster yeah. effect. I, I like them. I think they can pick... They're bullies. They pick on the little guy. Yeah. When they get with the big guy, then all of a sudden they're backing up three steps. That happened last week. You know yep. exactly. Yeah. I think I'm with Mike on that. I kind of I, I have a nice lean towards the Browns this weekend, yep. especially with the way they run the ball against Cincinnati's defense. The Bengals are one of only four teams in the NFL allowing more than five yards per carry. So just some things here that don't seem to set up too well. And Joe Burrow going through some of those rookie struggles right now. Speaking of the Steelers, I mean they they showed. The Browns, who's boss still. You know, I mean, they ran roughshod over them. They opened up as a favorite on the road at undefeated Tennessee. And now the Titans are a small favorite at minus one. Yurko and I were singing the praises of that organization and Mike Tomlin earlier today. I said, Mike, it's everything that, you know, we sort of wish the Bears would be. Just consistently good. You know, they they never change coaches. Uh, they they win Super Bowls. They're in the playoffs almost every year. They develop young talent. They know, I mean, and Tomlin's and they have an just so good. 
So good. He's still underrated. In the era of Brady and Peyton Manning, Big Ben has two Super Bowls, mm. and it's nice. Like, like I've always said, you know who's a bad coach all of a sudden? Popovich from the Spurs. You know why? He doesn't have those lifelong players. Not many people are blessed like that. But think about Big Ben. He's a lifetime player for him. Yeah. For Tom. He has never had to worry about the quarterback position unless there was an injury. Unless you get hurt. That's true. Unless you get hurt. That is a luxury. And that's why the Bears, we admire the Steelers, because they've been consistent for one reason. The From Bradshaw mm-hmm. to Big Ben. Mm-hmm. You know? And a few in between. They've been pretty consistent at quarterback. Steelers under Mike Tomlin as a dog inside the conference. 23-14-2 against the number. But this is a different animal they're playing. Yeah, they're playing a pretty good Titans team, although I don't love that Titans defense. Uh, but, man, the offense. you got to respect what, the, what Tannehill and what Derrick Henry and that offense is doing right now. Yeah, I mean, Tannehill has, has them believing. And Derrick Henry, as long as you got to load back like that, mm-hmm. that can gain 200 yards on the ground at any given time or rip off five yards of carry, and then you got a quarterback that is now uh, one of the top-tier quarterbacks in football. You could look at it any way you want. You could look, even at his days at Miami, look at his stats. They're not bad, folks. Here's the one thing about that, you know, a running back like Derrick Henry, if you still got a guy like that. It's a little bit old school, but man, oh, man, does it make your passing game dangerous in terms of play action. They got to be the most the scariest right. play action team in the league with what they can do with Derrick Henry. And Josh Henry. Norman right. got tossed into the air like a rag doll. Yeah. By Derrick Henry, just stiff-arming him. All right, we're just getting going, folks. Uh, we've talked about a lot of games already. We're going to talk about a lot more. We'll give you our best plays a little bit later on. Luke Pergandy oh, from Prop no. Swap. Yeah, Prop Swap. Our guy's coming up next. Yeah. Jim Miller's got ponies in a little Jimmy! bit. Don't go anywhere, folks. We're rolling along. We'll take you into the World Series Game 3 down in Texas when we're done, but we're just getting warmed up. It's Mike and Carmen. We're the Odds Couple. This is the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. Notre Dame Fighting Irish play on ESPN 1000. Tomorrow, Brian Kelly's squad travels to take on Pittsburgh. Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah begin our coverage at 11 with Chicago's College Tailgate. The Notre Dame pregame is at 1.30. Fighting Irish football brought to you by Four Winds South Bend on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Inside the Odds Couple, it's Carmen DeFalco and Mike North. We're presented, as always, by PropSwap. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Mike's at North to North. I'm at Carmen DeFalco. And follow our next guest, Luke Pergandy from PropSwap. Yeah, at Luke Pergandy. He joins us each and every Friday. What's up, Luke? Luke. What's up, Carmen? What's up, Mike? Uh, everything's good. We got football and the Big Ten back. We got the NFL. I actually want to start with baseball, though, real quick. And uh, the World Series, Game 3 getting underway. We got 3, 4, and 5 this weekend. When Mike and I wrap up at 8, we're going to take you right to uh, the World Series, Game 3. We'll join that game in progress. But I know a big ticket was sold on PropSwap uh, for the Rays to win the World Series. And uh, it's a perfect example of how you can... You know, it's it's hedging without putting up a lot of money to hedge, if you know what I mean, right, Luke? Yep, exactly. You know, the and for 75 years, you know, the automatic reaction in a situation like this is hedge. So I get it. You know, we're new. But you're going to make more money by selling it versus hedging. So in this specific example, the guy bet 1000 bucks at 31 odds. Uh, the seller is in Iowa. It's in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Bet 1000 bucks, 30 to 1 odds on a raise. 
and he sold his ticket before Game 7 of the ALCS for 6500 mm. Obviously, that game could have went either way. Mm. But even fast forward to now, the Dodgers are minus 200 mm. So if you wanted to profit 6500 you'd need to put up $13,000 on L.A. Hmm. And, like, this guy just doesn't have $13,000. You know, 99% of America doesn't have $13,000 to bet on sports. Right. So this guy made a lot more money by selling a ticket versus hedging, which is, you know, the sports betting community on Twitter and, and many other places always shouts hedge. And, you know, my, my answer is it's, it's not always that simple, and you can actually make more money by, by using PropSwap. Well, sixty-five hundred uh, goes a long way in council bluff. <laughs> it sure does. Let me just say this: I, I take mean, it here; it goes a long way in council bluff. Oh my Bluffs, god! <laughs> you know, but I was going to ask you now. I mean, Tampa Bay ends up winning this thing. He was going to win what? 30? 30. 30, 30 games, yeah. Right? You'd probably so, thirty. But who, yes. you know, who knows how the Astros game goes? Who knows how this series? Sure, goes you got to remember he sold it before Game Seven of the ALCS, right? You said. Yeah. You think yeah, he's regretting right. that yeah. right now, though? That he sold it after Game Seven? I know. I know I, he was scared. He was scared because yeah. he says we could lose Game Seven, but now they're one. What? The one apiece? The one apiece, yep. So yeah, one worried? apiece. Obviously, you got Bueller going for the Dodgers tonight. You know, it's going to be a good good game three. But, you know, he was selling either way. So he's like, look, so, like, if they get to the – or he's hedging or selling either way. He's like, look, if they get to the World Series, I'm definitely making a hedge bet on L.A. Mm-hmm. But when you get into these scenarios where the team that you're going to hedge on is such heavy minus money – Mm-hmm. You know, it's similar to the Miami Heat, L.A. Lakers example. These guys have these huge Miami Heat tickets, and to properly hedge those things by betting on the L.A. Lakers, like right. they're minus three hundred. You so, need a lot of cash you know, in hand. Prop, yeah, it's a lot of cash. Yeah. Like you just don't; these guys just don't have the cash. Yeah. Uh, how about NFL, Luke? Uh, we've talked so much about how you know tickets are being bought and sold Sundays while the games are going on, especially with the good teams. They get a lead or. Uh, you know things like that. Bears tickets have been hot. The, the odds at five to one now, or that they are five to one, uh, five and one now, have definitely started to creep down a little bit in Vegas. So, what's the hot NFL action at Prop Swap right now? Yeah, we sold a giant uh, card Cardinals to win the NFC West ticket. Uh, it was a five hundred dollar sale price. It was odds of plus six eighty. And them to win the NFC West. They got a big game against Seattle mm-hmm. uh, this Sunday in Arizona. Uh, obviously, if they can pull off an upset there, that, that ticket becomes extremely interesting. Um, but at plus six eighty, if you can give me the Cardinals, you know I, I think they're a rise, a rising team. Is Arizona? Um, you know the market MGM had plus five hundred Cardinals to win the NFC West, and this guy got plus six eighty on prop swap. Awesome, Luke. We appreciate the time as always. Everybody, check it out propswap.com where America buys and sells its sports wagers. You have a great weekend, Luke. We'll talk to you Thank next you. Friday. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, buddy. There's Luke Pergandy, one of the founding members of our presenting sponsor, yep. Prop Swap. Good stuff there. Uh, yeah, I we... don't know why you buy futures for if you got a shot. Now, look, look. The future. I understand. Prop Swap is there. They're there for you, and they've been there for hundreds of guys who made misguided bets. You know, whether it be the Cubs win the World Series or what have you, they're there for you. But, man, he's got to be thinking now because it's the Dodger tradition and history of joking. <laughs> to <isn't> lose. <laughs> you can be minus 200, but if you're the Dodgers at minus 200, you've, you've been losing Boy, when you were I supposed know, to win. They should have 10 titles from everything I've heard over the last 20 years. Man, what, last one was 88, right? Yeah, Dodgers right, 30, you're talking 32 years. Like these guys, you know, win titles like, like I want to eat spaghetti. 
You know, come I, on. I do think this is their time this year, though. That lineup you is just so good. You know how many so times good. I've heard that? I know. Yeah, I heard it plenty of times. This is their time. It this feels is like, like their the year. Bills. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo Bills, this is their time. <laughs> you know? That fourth one really did feel like it was going to be their year, right? <laughs> I think they told Marv Levy, if you, if you lose four, if we take four games, uh, if you never win a game in the Super Bowl, we will not age you. We really, will not let you age. The guy really is a marvel. The guy is know? unbelievable. He I is. know Marv's a great guy. Love him. Unbelievable. And he yeah. looks the same. You know, put the Buffalo Bill jacket on him and have him pace the sidelines at Soldier Field. It's the same guy. He's like, Marv's into his 90s. I mean, oh, he's you know, like he's 95. Just, you know, he's, a, a Chicago guy. Yes, that's right. Still lives right. back here, too. He's great. Public leaguer. Public leaguer, public yep. league star. Uh, more NFL in week seven, Mikey. We got the Lions going on the road to the Falcons. And all of a sudden, after a win against the Vikings, it's time for the Falcons to be about a three-point favorite. I don't think so. It's tough to back the Lions. I get it, and I've been saying this a while, because they love to blow leads. It's tough to back them, mm-hmm. uh, especially laying points, maybe a little bit easier taking them, because they, they really are famous for blowing leads. But I don't know. It seems like they're playing a little bit better here as of late. They came out of bye. They beat a, a terrible Jacksonville team. But uh, what are we thinking? I mean, the Lions go down and win in Atlanta. I'm not ready to lay uh, three points with Atlanta no, right no, now. I have no lean here even. It, it, it graded out even on both sides. Matthew Stafford is a mystery to me because I've said this, and I know that Dallas fans would be thrilled that if he had been the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, I think they'd be a better team the last three years. But then again, you look at what he's got around him in Detroit. I'm not holding him blameless because he ate up a lot of money that they don't have to spend on other players now, okay? You know, you got to have somebody to throw to. You have somebody to have to some, have somebody to hand the ball off to, and they haven't been able to get top-line players because he took basically a lot of money. Bottom line is it graded out even to me. Uh, I, uh, Matt Ryan had a big win, uh, but but the two of them are basically a study in futility. Yeah. That's what the, this is the futility bowl with Ryan and Stafford. Period. I did not have a good week in Week Six. My first really lousy week of the year. One of my few winners was Tampa You're Bay. You're allowed when you only pick two games. It's it's no biggie to go zero and two. Carm, you you've been very consistent. You're a couple under now. You get that back today. Hopefully, I know. I did have uh, in one of my plays, not one of my best plays, but one of the games that I played last weekend was Tampa winning, uh, and they did win, and they trounced oh. Green Bay. Green Bay looked to bounce back at the Texans. Biggest total on the board this weekend. A whopping 57, and we know why. Both defenses are in the bottom third of the yeah. league in yards per play allowed. That's why that total is yeah, so Detroit high. Yeah, Detroit-Atlanta is like 55. Exactly, so, and I right. think the Cardinals' total is about the same, but the Texans-Packers, as of now, is the biggest one. Neither team pressures the quarterback very much. The Green Bay's got only three takeaways this season, so the defenses aren't playing well. I expect a lot of points in that game between the Packers and the Texans. Yeah, and I sort of lean in the Houston Texans, getting three and a half. Uh, man, the Hopkins thing will haunt him forever. I mean, you just yeah. don't get rid of guys like that. You just don't. And uh, that's what everybody's going to look to. And But I think that they got enough. I, I was surprised by the three and a half. Um, but you know what? Aaron Rodgers, he, he can get the job done, but he had his chance. You know, I've been hearing nonsense forever. Boy, have I been hearing nonsense. Mm. <laughs> but I've been hearing the Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of our generation. While I've watched the guy win six Super Bowls, another guy. And then he had his chance last week to show everybody what he's got against that same guy. Okay? And whether Tom Brady likes to shake hands with people or not, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the edge that he needs. I notice he shakes hands with Aaron Rodgers not and Nick Drew Foles. Brees yeah. when, they, when they win. But Nick Foles is in his head, number one. But yeah. number two, you had a chance to... 
legitimize all the nut jobs who are talk show hosts around this country, from TV to uh, print that say Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady, and he couldn't get it done. No, he threw his first two picks of the year. One of them was a pick six. Uh, Well, he's going up against the man. And then Brady, of course, after the game, seeks him out. I know. He didn't seek Foles out because Foles is in his head, man. And, you know, if you're Nick Foles, you should it. be proud of yourself. He's taking space in there. I love it. Speaking oh, of the, uh, got a condo. Uh, speaking of the aforementioned. With, a, with Bay, a coffee maker thrown that, in. That's what I was going to say. He's got his yeah. feet up on the couch oh, and he's got a Joe, coffee Joe DiMaggio, Mr. Coffee. <laughs> he's got Mr. Roll. Coffee. We'll talk about those Bucks. They're in Sin City this weekend. Uh, Raiders have some trouble on that offensive line with some COVID stuff going on. So we'll preview that game. And. Many more, plus a full slate of college games that we got to start talking about a little bit. Don't go anywhere. Mike and I are coming right back on The Odds Couple. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Back inside the Odds Couple, it's Carmen DeFalco and Mike North. We do it every Friday. You get the Encore replay every Saturday morning from 8 until 9. We are presented by PropSwap. And when we're done, we're going to join the World Series in progress. Game 3. you got games 3, they 4, need and 5 us. this weekend. Yes. I never thought I'd say this, but, you know, the numbers are down. They need the Odds Couple. They, they need an opening act. They need a nice lead-in. Oh, I mean, listen, I went to see Don Rickles, at a, and people don't, the older folks out there will remember the Mill Run uh, Theater, which was in Golf Mill, and Don Rickles was the main act. You know who was the, the opening act? Vic Damone, okay? <laughs> An old Italian singer. We were all sleeping. We were so happy to see Rickles. That's what he did on purpose. He got you somebody to put you to sleep, and then he'd come out, and and he was he was ten times better than you could ever imagine. That's, how, that's a stroke of genius, right? We ain't like that. We're ready. We're ready to go. It's we'll a, carry them. We're going to so carry funny. the Dodgers in the Ray. Right in. We're giving them that big audience. I wonder how these like singers and comedians pick. Eddie. They they don't want anybody to upstage Listen, them, so they pick. I saw Elvis in '77 at the at the stadium. And you know wow. who was his opening act? Who? A comic named Stewie Stone. That was it. <laughs> I can't believe guy, you remember that. You know me. That's amazing. You I remember the useless attack. stuff that gets you nowhere, folks, but I'm, it's fun to think uh, about. How was Elvis in the late 70s? He was fat, but yeah, he was good. Fat Elvis. Yeah, he sang for 45 minutes, uh, uh, and then he left. That was it. Got in the car and it's left. So classic. But, I mean, it was great. I had uh, Upper Deck Stadium um, back, though. So... But, I mean, he was a, a, a bigger fan, but he was still great. You, Didn't miss a beat. You've seen them all. Sinatra, he still had the voice. I seen them all. Sinatra. Unbelievable. You know who I didn't see? Who? Dean Martin. No, never saw Dino. Never huh? saw Dean Martin, man. I saw, that. yeah, but uh, Elvis was great. Sinatra was great. I saw Sinatra read off a piece of paper. I mean, I saw Elvis <laughs> sing my way off a piece of paper. Nobody thought twice about it. Amazing. It's Elvis. I saw Sinatra introduce the band three times. That's so great. Hey, but, but it's Sinatra. <laughs> He introduced. So you allowed like, you, you like you let it pass because well, know. what happened was he sang my way. You know, he sang some song and then he goes, "Let me introduce my son, uh, Frank Junior, mm. who's the uh, band leader in our band, ladies and gentlemen. Take a bow." Then he sang another song. Um, you know, uh, that's life or something. He goes, and before we go on, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let me just introduce Frank Junior, my son. I don't know if you've seen him. Frank, take a bow in the band. He did that three times in a row, and everybody went yippee. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Frank Junior in the band. Yeah. Well, that's gonna be me about uh, twenty years from now. I don't the odds know. couple. That is so good. I'll give out the Tampa Bay plus three three times. Right. Speaking yeah. of Tampa, they go to the Raiders. I'll tell you, I think the Bears caught Tampa at a good time, Mike, on a short week at home when they were really beat up. 
I think Tampa's a good football team. I mean, that defense has got teeth uh, with his playmakers coming back. I mean, he's not going to have O.J. Howard back. He's out for the year. But that offense is capable of being very explosive. Uh, Tampa, through six weeks right now, is a very impressive, dangerous team in the NFC, if you ask me. The Raiders seem to be putting it together a little bit, don't they? A little bit. Last couple, and I you appreciate what they did going to, you know, beating um, Mahomes. I mean, they yeah. took shots downfield. They, they, just they were beat bold. Patrick Mahomes. Are they afraid of, uh, at home, are they afraid of Tampa Bay after what they saw? I'm sure they've watched the Bear film. Yeah. I'm sure, not, not that they have the Bear defense or maybe a facsimile of, but I think I think they can beat them. I think I think Las Vegas can beat them, don't you? What's the spread? Three and a half? About three and a half, four. You know, for a while it was taken off the board in a lot of places because of what's going on with the O-line. Like, Trent Brown's not going to play, I don't think, because right. he is in the COVID protocol. I mean, he got t- he tested positive. They had to send the whole offensive line home yesterday because right. of what was happening. But, uh, you know, without Trent Brown, it could make a little bit of a difference. I think they can't hang with him. I mean, I, I do think the Raiders are playing with a little moxie. I yeah. will say that. You know, they got and a little the, And their quarterback moxie. is a gunslinger. Yeah, they you took know. chances down the field against. They were not afraid to threaten. No downfield against Mahomes and the Chiefs, and if they're not afraid to do that again, maybe they do have. Tampa a chance. Bay getting points like they are after after the Raiders beat the Chiefs is the Tom Brady effect. Period. Yeah. Who's the quarterback for the team? Tom Brady. Oh yeah. boy, like here, give me some money here. Right, you know. Uh, Notre Dame back in action this weekend. For the first time, they will go on the road. Yeah, they're going to go on the road for the first time, Mike. They were supposed to a couple weeks ago. Of course, the game against Wake had to be postponed. They're going to play that game, I believe, sometime in December. So this will be the first road game. And, I mean, road games are different. Let's face it. There aren't fans. uh, or If there are fans, there are very few. And a lot of stadiums, there are none. Um, But they're, they're laying double digits here again. Uh, now, Pitt hasn't covered since its opener. In fact, the Panthers have just co- have covered just twice in their last 10 going back to last year. But ND has had to lay double digits in all four of its games. They're just one and three against the number. I do think they'll stretch their legs, though, a little bit against the Pitt team playing with a backup quarterback this week. Yeah, and I was right about Louisville last week. Yep. We were talking about great athletes that they have, but their quarterback could be erratic. They could be erratic. I, 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 if I had to bet the game, I'm betting Notre Dame, like you said. Yeah. I'm sorry, 10 points. I mean, like I said last week, Pitt goes to a certain point. And then they look around the rocker room for Jimbo Covert or Tony Dorsett <laughs> or Dan Marino. Aaron Donald. <laughs> and Aaron Do- they can't find one. So, I mean, basically that's it. So, even Jamie Dixon, bring a basketball coach in. Uh, so, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, if I had to bet the game, I would lead Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Andy. Because it's, all, it's very easy to take Pitt and the 10 at home yeah. after they couldn't cover against Louisville. Yeah, Notre Dame. You know what's a slightly intriguing game to me too in the Big Twelve? Iowa State, Oklahoma State. You know, OK State undefeated. Iowa State after the ugly uh, first loss of the year is kind of shaking some things off. Brock Purdy's been terrific. Their quarterback in conference plays fourteen and five as a starter. Close spread here, about a three three and a half point spread. Oklahoma State at home, and right down the middle with my analysis of the Iowa State. Pretty much, State yeah. Game. Yeah, it's one that you know, it's one that you are likely more likely to lose than win. Mm. You'd have to guess at this. That's how evenly matched these two teams are. Oklahoma State at three and a half right now. Maryland and Northwestern in the Big Ten. Northwestern Fitz. opens up as an 11-point favorite. Should Ooh. Northwestern be laying double digits to anybody, Mike? I Absolutely not. Yeah, probably They not. shouldn't be. You know, that's what's worrying me about this week. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean they can't do it. 
That's a stay-away game for me. I think there's other Big Ten games, yeah. like the one I gave out today. I gave out Alabama, uh, Tennessee plus 22, but I also on, on Carmen Yurko, with the best, one of the best shows on the market, if not uh, the ten, top ten markets, ladies and gentlemen. But I gave out Michigan minus three. The Big Ten games where you're laying a lot of wood, and we saw it last week. I told Carm there were a couple games that we said stay away from because of the points, including the Louisville game That's against right. Notre Dame. Yeah. The, the only thing I like potentially in tomorrow night's Northwestern-Maryland uh, game, especially because it is the first game and mm-hmm. some of these starts could be a little slow, is maybe under the total of 55. Northwestern, I'll give them credit for one thing last year. They did play scrappy, feisty, solid defense. It was their offense that was uh, miserable. And, I mean, it was l- mm-hmm. literally one of the worst in all of college football last year. And I don't know how much better it's going to be. They do have a, probably a more capable quarterback now in the, gra- in the grad transfer from Indiana. But Northwestern returns a lot of the guys from that defense last year. Wow. I think they'll play good D again. If anything, maybe lean towards the under a little. But I'm with Mike. Probably maker. a stay-away game. I want to salute him, Tony. God bless you up in bookmaker heaven. But I had an old bookmaker tell me a long time ago, he goes, the key to being right about football games is not all your analysis, not writing stuff down. I, I must have been 20 at the time. He says, being a good listener. I just heard what you said. The first thing you said is Northwestern, should they be given 11 to anybody? Right. And then you said, it's a tough game. And then you said, you know, Maryland, you, you just convinced me. There's a reason they're giving 11. They're that good, maybe, coming out of the gate. And you do know this. And by the way, if you're just going to recruit on where your practice facility is, <laughs> right on the lake there like that, with a beach and everything. Beautiful facility. Oh, my God. It looks like Pepperdine. It does. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, Not as warm. I, no. That's for darn sure. I like. I would probably lean the Northwestern Wildcats. Eleven points is a lot, like you said, but there's a reason they're giving it. There you go. Go, Coach Fitz and the Cats. Yeah. When we come back, our guy Jim Miller's got some ponies. Oh, we love Jim Miller, right from Hawthorne Racecourse. Oh, yeah. We'll get some pony plays for the weekend from Jim Miller. Mike and I still have to give you our best plays of the weekend too. Mike was red hot last week, so don't go anywhere. Though uh, those are coming up, and when we're done at the top of the hour, you're going to get Game Three in progress. Uh, in Texas, Game 3 of the World Series between the Dodgers and the Rays as the series is tied up at 1. We'll be right back on The Odds Couple. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeValgo and Mike North on ESPN 1000. Entering the home stretch on the Odds Couple, presented by Prop Swap. It's Mike North and Carmen DeFalco, and it's that time in the show that we talk to one of our favorites. He has been red hot over the last month or so, six weeks. He did it again last weekend. He is our guy from Hawthorne Racecourse, one of the best handicappers in the country. You follow him on Twitter at Hawthorne Jim. It is Jim Miller, everybody. Yes, what's up, Jimmy? What's up, guys? A sloppy weekend for racing here at Hawthorne, but that doesn't stop the show. So things are going all right here. A lot of horses in the entry box, and that really provides a lot of value. But got another two months of racing to go, and we're looking forward to it. And the fields have been full. I mean, that's the key, right, Jim? Full fields provide value, and that's the key. I mean, even if you get a favorite, we've seen favorites that have won and still paid $10 to win, and that's really what you want. You want a lot of parity in horse racing, just like you see in the NFL. You want a lot of horses in with an opportunity to win, and that's what we're getting. You get 10, 11, 12-horse fields, five or six horses in with a chance, and because of that, it really is providing a lot of value, and it's putting a lot of money in the players' pockets. You know, back in the 40s and 50s when horse racing, boxing, baseball were the absolute kings of the uh, of the line, there was no doubt about it, uh, 
I think you had handicappers that absolutely knew what they were doing, Jimmy. And yep. I know that horse racing in the in, in lately has had classes teaching people how to handicap. How much of the public that come out? I know you have your dead fast horse players, but how much of the public that are the occasional people like myself, I know how to do it, but how much right. really know how to handicap yeah. horses? You know what? It's, it's hit and miss for the amount that really know how to handicap horses, and that's kind of where someone in my position really kind of comes to the forefront to try mm-hmm. to educate them and really to try to provide information when I'm talking about a race that can give that person who's that hardcore handicapper information that they need but still making it so those who are just learning how to bet horses kind of have an idea on what I'm talking about going into a race. And you do see a mix of that nowadays, which is a good thing. And actually for us going into the fall meet, stuff like the Triple Crown just happening kind of created some buzz and interest in horse racing again for those fans saying, hey, we want to check out races at the track. We have something going on. We have somewhere where you can actually go and see the entertainment unlike a baseball game, a football game, hockey, or basketball. So that's one of the things. You have started to see some of those people come back to the racetrack, and it really is a nice thing. Yeah, you can go to one of the OTBs to watch and download the Club Hawthorne app. That's the best thing, too, because you can just watch and wager from home. So make all of Jimmy's picks, uh, as we do, on the Club Hawthorne app. So what do we like for this weekend, Jim? All right, three different racetracks this weekend. We're starting at Belmont Park on Saturday, race number nine. This is the Iroquois Stake. We're looking at the number nine, Timely Tradition. Bet this horse across the board. Six to one in the morning line. Steps up in class. This horse won at Belmont earlier in the year and has won four of six on the year, but a really good value there. Then go to the West Coast. Santa Anita, race number eight. Look at the one horse, JoJo Air. Bet this horse to win in place. Five to two in the morning line, but you have a heavy favorite who's going to take a lot of action. Wesley Ward trains this horse. Should be really good in the turf sprint. And then come to Hawthorne. Race number six, the nine horse, and he's loose. Bet this horse across the board, too. Kind of a light bulb angle. This horse just won in its last start. Maybe it's figuring things out now. Maybe able to win right back and should be a pretty good value as well. So the ninth at Belmont tomorrow, the nine horse, the ninth race, the nine horse across the board. At Santa Anita, the eighth race, the one horse to win in place. And then at Hawthorne tomorrow night, the sixth race, the nine horse again across the board, right? That's right, boys. Let's make some money. Sounds great. Love it, Jimmy. We'll talk to you soon, pal. All right, take it easy. See you next week. There he is, Jim Miller at Hawthorne Jim. We call him the Galloping Gent, and he has been phenomenal. They're like family, these horses. I, I, I'm concerned. What's, what's you know, Swiss Skydiver doing lately? What, <laughs> that's our horse. That's our guy. That's right. Who's the other one? El Mucho. What's that one? Um, um, El Mucho. What was that one? Mucho. Macho? I forget. But how's he been? How's his know. family? They're like family now. I keep hearing horses now that we're familiar with because we've had Jimmy on. I know. Where, we, where, where you now, I, I can see where people go, I follow this one horse. Well, how? Well, you'll notice when Jimmy makes some of his picks, he stays with some of the same horses he gave out like three months ago. So once they win for you, you know, you fall in love with those horses. You bet them over and over again. When they win, over, you find one that wins a triple crown yeah. race for you. Just you know, and then they the lose their last race for you, and you call them a hag. <laughs> and then that's the end of the line. <laughs> then you want, go to the glue factory, pal. That's exactly right. Unbelievable. Uh, a couple other NFL games yeah. before we give you our best bets. Mike and I are going to do that before we're out of here. Uh, we kind of touched on the Chiefs a little bit in their uh, loss a couple weeks ago, but then they bounced back on Monday night, having to play one of those double headers on Monday night. Looked impressive. I mean, they ran the ball all over the Buffalo Bills. You know, they go on the road, they're laying another huge number inside the division. They were doing this earlier in the year when they were laying about eight at uh, the Chargers. Chargers almost won that game. They took 
the they took Mahomes and the Chiefs to overtime. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Broncos playing a little bit better, getting about nine and a half points at home? This you season? know what? This one graded where the, where you should take Denver getting to nine and a half. I'd yeah. stay away from this. I would. I mean, you don't know what Mahomes. You know, Mahomes is doing okay, but you know what? He shows that he can lose. Uh, Denver. We haven't been. I don't think you and I have talked too much about Denver this Not year. Not much. Yeah. They, they, Although just, they were impressive, I thought at uh, New England. I, I got to give them credit. Oh yeah. But New England is not New England anymore. I don't care what people keep saying. They could say New England's, you know, still good and everything else. You're just missing the element. I mean, it just brought back memories for me to see Brady and Gronkowski hook up the last week for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So uh, it's just it's just not the same anymore. You know, I look at certain other games and I say to myself, like for instance, I mean, look at look at the Chargers. What do you really think of the Chargers? That they're giving eight points to Jacksonville. Right, well, I think it just speaks to how bad Jacksonville is. But I got to say, I like Justin Herbert so far. Long way to go, but I think he's been impressive. Yeah, he has. I mean, that's one of the good ones. I mean, that's one that they got lucky with because they lost. They lose Phillip Rivers right. and he goes to Indianapolis. Right. Looks like they might have found a good one in Justin Herbert. What did you think of the Dolphins' decision to go to Tua coming out of the bye after back-to-back wins? I didn't like it. I didn't like it when McCown got replaced by Cutler, when Cutler came back from injury, and mm-hmm. then we went in another direction from there. We had won three out of four, and the next thing you know, we lost. We were out of the playoffs. We were on, on, on schedule. I, I don't see what the rush was. Not that I don't want the kid to play, right. but don't you run out the string? I mean, I know this. When I play poker and I win two hands in a row, the last thing I say is, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> you don't leave. You don't leave the table That's when you're true. on the street. When I'm doing, when I'm playing blackjack, I live by that rule. You're right. You're not Mike. getting up no. when you're. Hey, I've won five in a row. Hey, let me order some food. No, nope. no. I totally agree. Be hungry for ten more minutes when you go into your bad street. That's, That's why. <laughs> what was the hurry? And on top of that, Fitz, Fitz, Fitzpatrick this year is having a very good statistical year, where in years past, he would fall short of things, and that's the problem. But you know what? He was, they're only one game out. I know. Our our theory on this is that because they own the Houston Texans pick from the tra- the Tunsil trade, mm-hmm. that they're, they want to see what they've gotten to a, over oh. a 10-game stretch so that they know what to but do. But if you're one of the players... I know, I know, Mike. It's a tricky thing. I know. That would piss. I mean, to I be know. honest with you, that would make me mad. If I'm one of the players on the offense, and I see we've won two in a row, and I'm an alignment that needs playoff money, yeah. that likes that stuff, that would bother me. It's a People forget thing. there are splits in locker rooms. I, I, yeah. We should know that better than anybody in Chicago about who should play quarterback, yeah. who should play linebacker. We've been going through that for decades. I know. All right, Mikey, it's that time. Let's give our best plays out. What do we like this weekend? Well, i got to be honest with you. There's about 15 plays I could have taken. I have so a lot. I know. I've got a couple. Too. Here's where we have the problem, folks. They go, well, Mike, how did you go 0-2? Or how did you go 3-0? Well, because I got fortunate enough last week to go 4-1. and I'm 8-14 and overall now. Okay? Thanking the, I should have gotten a couple more wins on Twitter. Just pay attention to Twitter. Yep. They won't let me take any more credit for that. I'm going to be tagging Carmen all weekend. And Carmen's going to bounce back, too. Now, the first one I want to give out, and, and this was a toughie. I'm going to take New Orleans minus the seven and a half against the Carolina Panthers. I say if you play the Bears the next week, you're beat not up. as good. Beat up, yeah. You're beat up. You're not as good. And Teddy Bridgewater? 
I'm sorry. He's a cover machine. Yes, he is. What I saw last week was shocking mm. that he didn't cover. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints. minus. I, it will probably go down to seven. Right now it's minus seven and a half. All right. Uh, I like an underdog inside the division here, uh, Arizona at home, as a division, intra-division dog against Seattle. As impressive as Seattle has been, it's uh, really all on the offense, and they've won a lot of late games, a lot of games late thanks to Russell Wilson, who's probably the MVP. The defense is bad. Seattle has one of the worst yardage differentials in the conference, and the Cardinals actually have one of the best. So a team like that at home getting points in a huge game, I'll take it. Plus, Jamal Adams is still nursing an injury, probably not going to play for Seattle, so it makes a bad defense even worse. Kyler Murray is 11-4-2 against the number as an underdog in his career, and he's 9-2-2 against the number when he gets a field goal or more. So I'm going to back Arizona this weekend, Mike. All right, real good pick. And I also like a couple more games, folks. I like Texas Tech getting three against West Virginia at home, a 1-3 team, but if you look who they've lost to, Texas in overtime, they've played a pretty tough schedule. I like a Texas Tech uh, getting the three. And, Carm, you got one more. I got one I more. I one. got another college game, too. And I'm going to lay a pretty good number here. The, the the best of this line is kind of gone. If you had it earlier in the week, you might have had it at about 14 and a half. It's out to 16. Marshall laying 16 against Florida Atlantic. People better start watching Marshall and taking them seriously. 4-0 straight up and against the spread. And the herd are allowing, you ready, nine and a half points per game. Florida Atlantic's had three games postponed already because of everything. They're working in a new head coach in Willie Taggart, and he's trying to get his system implemented. I just think Marshall is going to outclass them. I think the quarterback, the young uh, freshman, redshirt freshman, is playing well. So I'll back Marshall laying the 16 against Florida Atlantic this weekend. Yeah, and last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, I'm going to take Penn State. Minus the six against Indiana at Indiana. Should Penn be a good State game. All minus right. the six. So what I got is Penn State minus six, Texas Tech plus uh, three, New Orleans in the pros minus seven and a half or seven if you can get it, Michigan minus three against Minnesota, and Tennessee plus 22 against Alabama. Lots of action, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy wagering. Uh, enjoy week seven and then Monday night, Bears and Rams. And Mike and I will be right back here next Friday doing it all over again. Thanks to Randy Merkin and Sean Davis. Job well done as always. A Game 3 of the World Series is coming up, so enjoy that. And then we'll see everybody next week. Mike, you have a great weekend, buddy. You too, Carmen. So long, everybody. For Mike North, I'm Carmen DeFalco. Have a great one. We'll see you next week on The Odds Couple. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.